Yo, guys. What if we took a proactive approach and addressed injuries before they even showed up? This is the Music Fit Podcast. Let's do this thing. Yo, welcome back, everybody. Another episode of the Music Fit Podcast. I'm your host, Mike Schwartz. We've got one heck of a show on deck here today. I'm not going to spend a lot of time talking about how awesome this conversation was. You guys are going to hear it. Talking to Jamie Camp, the music biomechanic, about how to prevent injuries and how to maintain and navigate the overstrain. Such a critical conversation for a lot of musicians out there. So without further ado, let's get into it with Jamie Camp. Oh, hey. Oh, hey. How you doing? Oh, now I can hear you. This is, this is the walk-up right here. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Great. Great choice. That opening riff is actually my alarm clock. That's what you were saying. That's so <laughs> wild. Like, man, oh man. Okay, tell me the story though. How did you get into Arcade Fire? Um, can't really tell you that story. I I have so many good memories from um, so many good and different memories from their shows yeah. in so many different places. They're just such a high energy band and. I mean, they're all incredible musicians. They each play like five different instruments. Um, and yeah, that song in particular just kind of feels like home. Oh yeah, yeah, no, it's definitely one of my favorites for sure. So yeah. heck, let's get right into it. Holy guacamole, I'm sitting down <laughs> with Jamie Camp. We've been waiting for you to be on this show now for like two <laughs> and a half months, I'm not joking. So thank you so much Yeah, that for making the time. Yeah. It's awesome. SHIT together, it's funny. Uh, I just joined the herd. Yes. Facebook. And one of your questions was, what's your biggest struggle with lifestyle? And I wrote down time management, which is part of it, because I'm trying to keep all the balls in the air usually. Oh, yeah. I mean, uh, you know, a new pandemic business, a couple of kids, a busy practice. Oh, man. Keeping myself sane with some workouts, you know. And, and more letters behind your name than a Greek guy. Like, holy moly. Oh, that's There's, sweet view. <laughs> that's, that's, that's amazing. I'm just reading it right now. I'm just like, okay, we got Physio, we got NKT, we got AIM, we got SMA, or SFMA, and, yeah. and of course, like numerous backgrounds and backgrounds. Now, going by, just for the folks that don't know, I mean, we got music biomechanic. That in itself intrigued me. And when I was introduced through Unison, uh, to this, this Jamie, Cam this phantom of a being. And, um, I believe it was Sarah that, uh, posted, Oh yeah, just check out music biomechanics. I was like, Oh, yeah, she's lovely. oh man. Well, I, I just want to get into the name too. Okay. So, uh, for, for those of you who don't know what you do behind the scenes in the music industry, what is a music biomechanic? Well, I mean, <clears throat> a biomechanic is somebody basically like a mechanic for your body, I guess. And it's also a play on biomechanics. Like that's sort of the cornerstone of what we learn in kin and physio and um, all those years of school. And um, I went with music biomechanic just because I think, first of all, the music industry is sort of waking up to the fact that 
musicians are athletes and you know they they don't always they don't always know it so they don't necessarily treat themselves like athletes um i joke that they're elite athletes with no off season and a much smaller court space because if you're rocking a guitar like you're you're not moving around that much necessarily you don't have a full court press and you're sort of stuck in that in that little box and working really hard it's just such an interesting field you said musicians they they tend to to think of themselves as musicians and they don't consider the the physical aspects now in your line of work talk to us about some of the different styles of treatment that you do that really does cater towards the musician athlete so i think that's where i step out of the typical physio box if you will um i got really lucky and fell into some really interesting courses so i mean i stand on the shoulders of giants uh people like gray cook and david weinstock who developed nkt um <clears throat> Gary Ward, who was a ski boot fitter, who mapped out how we move in space. Like nobody has ever taught us in our professional degrees. Like it's ridiculous. He's so smart and self-taught. Um, so I fell into all these really interesting courses and they layer really well on each other. And sort of, I guess that's where the art of healthcare meets the science. Yeah. Um, I figured out a way to sort of layer those together. Um, I joke that part of what I do is just assess people to help them keep their eyes level. Yeah. Because um, if you look at someone from the top of their head to the tips of their toes, um, it gives you an idea of functionally why they are the way they are, why they have certain compensations. Um, so backstage, what's really helpful that I found is I'll, I'll go in and I mean, a lot of bands sort of end up defaulting to massage. Mm -hmm. Every sport culture sort of has a treatment culture attached to it. Um, like riders, for example, never get treated. Rugby players, hockey players get everything stretched out and taped and yada, yeah. yada, yada. Um, musicians tend to default to massage. And I love my massage therapists. They're worth their weight in gold. I co-treat with them quite a bit. But sometimes I think, um, especially if you have chronic overuse stuff, you need more of an assessment and more of a functional solution to take with you as opposed to just finding someone else to work out the kinks in every place you stop. So neurokinetic therapy comes in really handy. Um, it's basically a muscle testing technique that lets you assess specific inhibition facilitation pairs. So some muscle is hanging on for dear life for another muscle that's not firing or inhibited that basically through past injury and compensation, your brain's just chucked that in the useless filing cabinet. Mm -hmm. And what neurokinetic therapy lets you do is objectively assess for those compensations so then you can remotor program them. And when you remotor program something and tone down something that's overworking and wake up something that wasn't working, I mean, that immediately changes your range of motion, um, pain levels, like people move, differently getting off the table mm -hmm. and then um and i mean musicians are the epitome of overuse right like oh yeah absolutely <laughs> drummers work really hard and guitarists are always in the same hip and nobody ever unwinds that so mm -hmm. you can 
assess that pretty quickly, hypothesize what's going on on the NKT realm. And then once you change the motor programming, um, and it literally takes a 30 second stretch and then five to 10 seconds of an activation, like it's a minute's worth of homework, yeah. then you can layer some functional movement on that. And because when we're injured, our body basically locks down what it feels like isn't safe anymore. So unless you systematically reintegrate that into your nervous system, your body sort of forgets that it's there. And that's where the anatomy and motion comes in really handy because you can figure out where your nervous system isn't letting you go and why, um, and then give it back to people in pieces. And the homework is bite-sized. Um, and sometimes it's as simple as just teaching your left shoulder to externally rotate. Yeah. Yeah. So then for the listeners out there, they're still putting this together and going, but massage makes me feel great. What is the difference then of massage? Because is massage not getting into the soft tissue and helping you to open things up? I've had a lot of people come to me and say, that's the best thing. And, they have, and then they come back to me and they keep on coming back to me and they keep on coming back to me because it goes away for a certain amount of time. So could you go into the mm -hmm. science of actually how the and um, uh, the, the treatments that oh, it's, it's a combination from what I understand? Yeah. It's, yeah. So I think, I mean, I see our massage therapist regularly. I grew up falling off a lot of horses, did some CrossFit, <laughs> long distance running, three kids, yada, yada, yada. My body freaks out all the time. Yeah. Um, and NKT is a, a big part of what unwound that for me. Mm -hmm. um, a good example, so a good way to explain that is you look at runners. Runners love to just roll the shit out of their IT bands. Oh, yeah. And, yeah. Um, if you're constantly having to stick a lacrosse ball somewhere, roll the crap out of your IT band, um, which is one of my assessment questions actually, because often people can tell you half the puzzle. They can tell you what's usually facilitated. They can't tell you what it's compensating for. And that's never the same for anyone. So the massage therapists are amazing because they help me get into the facilitated stuff and we co-treat quite a bit. But unless you give your body, if you, if you take away that IT band that your body's chosen to stabilize through and you don't give it anything in return, your brain defaults back to that IT band. Yeah. So in some ways, it makes it worse. Because right. it's like taking a table leg away and not giving it any stability in return. Does that make sense? Yeah, absolutely. It's like a, it's a total compensation structure. So it's very similar in the in the practice it's it's you're the bridge before the bridge of me right like i'm the guy that yeah. helps to build yeah. people back up after that and you're the one that reprograms that whole thing by yeah. the sounds of it which is which is super super cool well that's um, the goal anyway <laughs> yeah well and that, and how much of it like that's a good tangent to jump into is how much of it yeah. is reliant on you can give and regardless of any profession in here, if you're a massage therapist, chiropractor, uh, kinese, if you're in physio, if you're a, a strength training coach, anything across the board, how much of it comes back to the reliance on that person doing their homework? So, I mean, that's the other really awesome sort of compliance aspect of NKT. I'm not telling people to do three sets of 10 clamshells every day for the rest of their life. You stretch something for 30 seconds, you activate something for another 10 seconds because you don't want to blow through your neural edge. Um, you do that three times a day. Wow. There you go. It takes Sweet. about 
yeah, it takes about three weeks for that to sort of stick in your nervous system. And sometimes like if the system gets disrupted again, like, and it can be as simple as a small ankle sprain or, um, you know, you step off the curb wrong. Like if your system gets disrupted, sometimes you need another little tune up. Mm -hmm. Um, but a lot of people will say, you know, I stopped doing the exercises because I felt better. I got up to 14K, things started to bite me in the ass again. I restarted doing the exercises and that cleaned it up. Wow, that's friggin' sweet. Because I, I myself being the the hockey, the speed mm -hmm. skater, like compensation, like all I did was make left turns for four years. Like yeah, right. Human, you're not, human you're not NASCAR. An <laughs> yeah, just, I'm not an ambiturner. <laughs> It would definitely not. <laughs> like I, I could literally turn left. And then I actually went and played hockey and tried to stop. I'm a left winger, right? And I went to play yeah. hockey, just some pickup. And I actually couldn't turn the other way. Like I actually had difficulty getting onto that, that muscular component of like, okay, neuro programming, let's go right instead. No, yeah. it didn't, didn't even happen. So I can understand how somebody, how, how awesome that would feel to be like, wow, I learned this thing two years ago. Yeah, brought it back in, it still works just like that. Because that's one of the frustrations I hear from people is, you know, especially overstrain injuries where it's bugged, the, bugged them forever. And we'll go into that in a sec. Mm -hmm. Does does your work then also, is it equally like with acute injuries and overstrained? Like, do you see a lot of acute injuries, especially in our music industry? And I, I can't imagine much of it is acute unless you're like, you know, high kick, oh, sprained hammy or something. Right? I mean, I've, I've seen a pretty disastrous sprained ankle yeah. that I treated a couple of days leading up to a really high energy show. Um, that's sort of a different triage. Like I'm not looking for motor compensation at that point. That would be like a month down the line. That was more of a go in, do some soft tissue work, make sure nothing's broken, um, some electroacupuncture to clean up the swelling, keep the muscles firing. Yeah. You know, I, I ran back right before the show with some tape and like extra reinforced it and then cheered like a proud mama watching this and like <laughs> walk around the stage and spin on that ankle. And I mean, wow. yeah. So yeah, there's definitely an acute aspect to what I do. Like I, I spent a lot of time in rugby um, working on the sidelines. So that's definitely in my wheelhouse. Yeah, no doubt. Um, Injuries all it, over the place. What I like seeing is well, not, not that I'd like to see people injured. Um, <laughs> if I have to, yeah. <laughs> a really fun, a really fun part of my job is sort of figuring out the chronic stuff that, you know, everybody's had shockwaved and lasered and taped and prodded and manipped and exercised. Nothing and, works. Yeah, yeah. And nothing works. And you really just, you look at how they keep their eyes level in space and what they've got in their past medical history. And it's a really fun puzzle to figure out and everybody's different. Like there's no one size fits all here. Yeah. Well, before we get into that too, I, I just put the, the pieces together. Speaking of puzzles, I'm like, okay, horseback, rugby, we're talking sports. How the hell did you get in working with musicians? Are you a musician yourself? I mean, I played piano for 10 years, but I wouldn't call myself a musician. Well, do you play, <laughs> do you play an instrument? Yeah. I play piano. Well, let's, let's, let's get this out there. Cause I've heard this question before. Okay. So what in your definition, what, your Jamie Cam's definition of musician, what is that? Um, okay. Well, I spent hours sitting at my piano, picking out songs by ear, which was really fun for me in high school. Um, I'm starting to teach myself guitar as my 10 year old is actually taking lessons. And I think because I started piano so young, I have a good ear. 
So I know when something sounds terrible, <laughs> which is all the time when I pick up a guitar right now. Um, but I can also pick, like I can pick stuff out on piano by ear, but I'm so mesmerized by people that can just sit down and jam together. Cause yeah, that it's, it's like magic to me. That's cool. So then how did you get into working with musicians specifically? So, I mean, it's funny, everybody, um, so I, I have a sports background. My parents are both in medicine and I always knew I wanted to do something in that realm. And most people go into physio because, you know, they want to work with elite athletes if you're going the musculoskeletal route. And I mean, working with athletes is amazing, but I worked with someone who also was treating sort of in the music space. And that just sort of made me realize that it was a thing and that it was possible. And I love live music. I mean, I'm at shows constantly. Um, so the thought of being able to be a small part of that industry, because like I said, I will never be a rock star. Um, <laughs> well, now with that attitude, come on. Yeah, it was really, really <laughs> interesting to me. And I just started sort of branching out and talking to people and there are some lovely people in the States that staff a lot of the, you know, the backstage massage. Um, so, I mean, I did a couple of gigs for free. I treated for charity. Um, and I just started talking to people and promoters start throwing your name around and you get some good results and it just sort of took off. Yeah. And I, yeah, it's one of the best parts of my job. It's, I mean, getting to work with a band and then watching them rock out is such an amazing feeling. I bet. Right. Especially yeah. if, if you know the scene behind, uh, yeah. behind those doors, yeah. you're like backstage, this guy was barely, you know, walking yeah. and now, like just an actor out there. That's awesome. Well, yeah. That's it's so awesome. fun to see them in action right after. And, you know, also knowing that you've hopefully given them some tools to take with them for the rest of the tour. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's, well, I love working in the music space. Let's go a bit into that because now we're in a, a pretty interesting time as far as medical health care and preventative care especially goes. How much of your sure. stuff, isn't it, right? Like yeah. <laughs> how much of your stuff is like hands-on? Like you have to be there. Like can you do like a virtual Zoom session for people? Yeah, I mean, I've gotten my feet wet on that out of necessity this year. Um, which is really interesting because a lot of my assessment involves palpation, like getting my hands on people, actually seeing what their hip feels like in end range flexion, things like that. Um, but when you're virtual, you really have to turn your movement brain on. Mm -hmm. So that's where anatomy and motion has been a lifesaver. Um, I mean, I've treated, I have a couple of clients in Vancouver right now. Um, and I can, I can guess at some of the motor patterns a little bit. So um, the way the way you assess the NKT patterns is you get them to palpate the muscle that you think is facilitated when something else isn't firing. Yeah. Um, so I can watch movement patterns. And if they're struggling with something, I can say, okay, in my head, you know, like your right QL looks like it's jacked up. So put your hand on that muscle, see if that movement gets easier. It's, it's not an NKT diagnosis, but mm -hmm. It's, it's, still it's kind of how you get yeah. through the virtual world. Now, for folks yeah. that are like, okay, Vancouver, well, you're in Toronto, correct? Yeah. Yeah. So, like, we've got that. That's the wonderful thing about this whole, like, I've connected with so many 
my, my audience has actually gotten a lot bigger and I'm sure yours would. I'm not surprised. Too, right. Well, no, exactly. Cause the borders are gone. Like right? 48 hours in your day. I don't know how you do it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, no, you know, I, I just put on the hat. That's it's all in the hat. It's all in the shades. The blue blockers help me with the blue light and I can just keep going. <laughs> yeah. 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 Um, but, but for those of us that, um, they're sitting there going like, oh, palpita like, so essentially if I'm your client, I'm going, okay, I'm going to touch and I'm just going to pat, like tap my shoulder. Right. I'm just going to yeah. touch the muscle. Mm -hmm. And from that, you have enough to be able to like, di is diagnosed the right word? Are we talking virtually or in Yeah, virtually. Like in, if, if I'm sitting here, I'm your guy, I've got a bummed shoulder and you tell me, okay, let's figure out if it's the chest or let's figure out if it's tricep yeah. or see what's going on. You tell me to start tapping my shoulder. Yeah. Are you then able to like, is that your assessment? Like, how does that happen? It's an NKT hypothesis. Yeah, because you that's, can't muscle test yourself. And, exactly. Yeah, yeah. It, that's that's why I'm like it's not a diagnosis. I know yeah. that. <laughs> far away, it's an educated guess. It's a really good guess, and yeah. I mean, hell of a lot better than me if I've been yeah. struggling with this thing for three weeks, right? But the, the bulk of the virtual stuff um, lies in functional movement, and you know, yeah. watching how people have compensated and how their compensation serves them. Like, if you can't, let's say, if you can't move into your right hip. You either can't move into your right hip because you've got muscle stiffness, joint stiffness, or your nervous system doesn't trust the muscles that let you go there to stabilize you. Yeah. You okay. can you can sort of watch the way somebody moves from the foot up and like does their ankle play ball um, and trace that up the chain because your your feet are kind of a big deal. Gary Gary Ward wrote a book called What the Foot. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> take take the kinda like, take that yeah. kinda out. Holy smokes, yeah. are they ever right? Yeah. So after after he mapped out what every joint in the body does in every phase of gait in every dimension, um, you can ostensibly trace from the foot up where people's dysfunction is, and you can mess with their foot to take stress off their neck. And you know mm. if you. If you treat people as a whole system with a nervous system attached that has two main goals to keep your eyes level and keep you feeling safe, I mean, watching people move can tell you so much. Say somebody comes to you, like a, you got this, this band coming in, they got four shows left on their tour or whatnot, and they, the guitarist back or hip is, is going, right? Yeah. How much of that, in your experience, has been something completely unrelated from that tour? Could be something way back in childhood, could be way back like an old injury oh, right. when they sustained. How, how relevant is that? Because that's one area I think a lot of folks, especially when the, the musicians that don't even consider themselves athletes, mm -hmm. um, they think back, oh yeah, there's this one time I rolled my ankle <laughs> on the sidewalk 17 years ago. Like, yeah. how much of that I, plays a role? So much. Um, what I always tell people is it's the same nervous system, right? Um, your body remembers that stuff and compensates around it to keep you feeling safe and keep your eyes level. And, you know, there's a cascade effect of other things tightening up, your range of motion decreasing, um, muscles getting shut off. So that stuff's super important. Um, in, I mean, I always delve into past medical history and people sort of give me like an overview of the last five years mm -hmm. and then we'll be going through things and I'll, you know, put my hands on their ankle and say, like, you know, did you ever sprain your ankle? And they're like, yeah. Oh, oh yeah, that was like 25 years ago. And I was on crutches for two weeks. I'm like, dude, come on. <laughs> that that kind of counts. <laughs> the hip bone is connected to the 
leg bone and do I need to sing the song badly? Because I will. Yeah, yeah, I think we should. Yeah, let's, let's pop yeah. that in. That should have been the wake up song, right? Like that's, uh, hit, that's, yeah. that's literally your theme song is that yeah. you're, you're looking at different patterns. And the stuff that the, the stuff that really intrigues me is that um, one of my big practices is not looking um, symptomatic is looking at the whole system. The body is so yeah. holistic in nature. And that can go into the stressors that we're taking on in life, right? Like that, that could be the relationship could be actually playing a role in the in the hip or into the shoulder. Where do you go from there in explaining your practice to somebody like <laughs> when somebody's like, Oh, it was 25 years ago, what do you get for feedback? And when you're like, that's a big deal. They're like, yeah. what's what's well, the feedback? First of all, I usually make fun of them for omitting that. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, stay in your lane. Um, yeah, I just sort of explain how how we move. Like, you know, you sprain your ankle, and that changes that changes everything at the chain. It changes your nervous system. It changes actual joint mobility. It changes muscle firing. It changes so much. And I, I do this on a regular basis because people are always asking me, you know, why I'm assessing their core stability when their neck hurts, or why I'm looking at their right ankle when their left shoulder hurts. Um, but usually they stand up and they feel different. So it speaks start, for itself. They start, eh? Well, they start to understand and feel a difference in their own body, you know? Yeah. And that's got to feel great. I know when, when I come back, the best feeling and listeners out there will agree for sure. When you come back from like a week of sickness or yeah. like a, an old injury, and then you can finally lift again, that feeling yeah. as an athlete myself, ho oh, oh. I was like such a different level. I felt like superhuman. I could do yeah. anything, right? And and that I can imagine when you're closing down a tour or when you're closing down a big important show or even just getting in the studio and finishing off an album without being in pain. Like, mm -hmm. wow, that's a big difference. So, well, the interesting part about NKT is when you figure out that pair, your nervous system lights up that muscle that sort of, it sort of forgot about for a while. And you can actually, you can feel that firing again when you haven't felt that for a long time. Yeah. And people stand up and I, I call it drunk nervous system because all of a sudden <laughs> you, have, you have more range to control and they're kind of like, Oh, wait a second. It's like, it's like they're a toddler learning to walk or they've had a couple too many, you know? Yeah. Um, Cause all of a sudden their nervous system has more space to control. Oh yeah. Yeah. The, the proprioception is just like gone. You just have yeah. to like, we're going back to bear crawls and they couldn't yeah. do them before. Right. <laughs> we organized a little bit around the new information, you know, no kidding. And then what is, what's the key that there, like how, how does one, once they get reprogrammed here, how does one not slip back into their old, uh, their old habit? So like I said, they always sort of have that repatterning if they need it. That's where the functional movement and, you know, Gary Ward's work comes in really handy because you can sort of, you can give them a really quick movement habit to reintroduce their brain to that space all the time, systematically. Mm -hmm. um, people always ask me what they should think about when they're walking now, and I'm like, nothing, you'll hate me. Just do this little hip movement and remind your hip that it has, you know, four more inches on that side that it can move through that it didn't have before. Wow, um, and that's, a, that's the difference right there. Yeah, yeah. The movements, like the fine tuning of functional movement, it's very, very subtle. No kidding. Yeah. Well, that's, that's cool. where the comfort comes in. I was just gonna say, like that's that's kind of the cool piece is that it sounds so simple, mm -hmm. 
Mm-hmm. It's on paper and, and even talking to you, when I read it, I'm looking, wow, it sounds very complex, but getting down to it is actually quite a simple process, yeah. right? Why is this not, why is this not a thing? Like, why do we, why do we not see this in the music industry? What's, what's the, what's the, what's the catch up here with the music industry? Why are we hesitant and why are we pushing so much on other remedial uh, massage and like after, after the effect, after you're sore, like, why can't we, what, in your I mean, opinion, where do we go? It's not just the music industry. Like I hear a lot of people that went and got a ton of laser and, you know, X, Y, and Z modalities. Um, people just don't know what's out there. And like I said, I feel lucky that I, f- I fell into these interesting courses and they were sort of what I was always looking for. Like I wanted someone to tell me how your left talus affects the right side of your neck and you know, how your nervous system actually reacts to injury. Mm. Um, so I think the whole profession is starting to catch up to assessing people from the top of their head to the tips of their toes. Very cool. Um, it's not just the music industry. Okay. Well, but then, like, like I said, I, I mean, I joke that I just figure out how people keep their eyes level all day. Exactly. It's not rocket science. Um, Absolutely it's, not. It's anatomy. It's knowing what your joints should be doing and figuring out why they're not. Well, there you go. And we touched on this a little bit too. So what is the, what's the message then to, to get people? Cause it seems as though if you and I like, tell me if this is accurate, it seems as though the industry, regardless, we'll, we'll stick with music industry because that's what yeah. we focus with. And in the music industry, when we've got an injury, we focus on that as a problem. Like it's a local thing. It's like my yeah. shoulder hurts. What can I, what can I do to my, yeah. What can I, yeah. what pill can I take to make this yeah. go away? What, what is the, what's the frustration there? What's the answer? What's the real answer? What's the message for you? Like if you had one thing, like put the billboard up, this is the answer. <laughs> what would you say? Oh, I have a couple of billboards. One of them is rehab your ankle sprains properly. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I think that's the title of the show. <laughs> right? We have your ankle sprains, people. And not just to the point where you can walk up the stairs again, like to the point where you can pronate properly and shock absorb and load your glutes and then resupinate and experience the other side of that foot movement that you're supposed to have. Um, I think the billboard is there are more functional solutions out there. Um, Nobody gets a biomechanical checkup, right? Like we go to the doctor, somebody takes our blood pressure, we get our teeth x-rayed frequently. Nobody gets a biomechanical checkup to see if that 20-year-old ankle sprain is actually letting you move through space the way that you're supposed to. Um, I'd love to see people when they start a new season, um, a new sport, um, before they go on tour to clean up that stuff before it becomes an issue. It's it's the like prehab is a, yeah. Cat phrase, but I mean, what is it? An ounce of prevention is worth a pound of cure. Something along those lines, probably 10 pounds yeah. of cure though. Right. Like, yeah. and I was well, using, I was using prehab yeah. back in like 2012. I was using that term. Yeah. I was just like, yeah, it sounds, it sounds like a good, I didn't rehab my ankle sprains when I was a kid. Well, not a chance I'm for it now. <laughs> well, and I stubbed like even as simple as like really severely stubbing your toe will mess up the whole dynamic mm-hmm. of the chain too, right? Like, and I've done that countless times on my on my pinky toe. That little guy, just boom, yeah. there's the wall. Oh, found the wall yeah. with the toe. So when we when we come back to it, when we actually do that proper 
take the time off. I think that's where that's where musicians are athletes is that we just go, go, yeah. go, you know, and, and it's always upregulated. We got to keep on going and the pressures on the mm. tour, the pressures on the album, pressures on yeah. from all these outside influences. Get it. With your work, how much of the stuff that an injury causes maybe anxiety or mental health issues and the mm. awareness around that, like what's the relationship in your line of work between um, biomechanics and mental health and stability? I mean, I'm minoring in psych more than ever right now, but being in chronic pain is soul sucking. It feels like it's endless. It's awful. And instead of going about your day and being creative and do what you, doing what you do, you're focused on the pain. And that also has a, you know, a long-standing neurological effect, right? Like um, if we start talking neuroplasticity and chronic pain, the reason chronic pain is so difficult to treat is because the initial insult is usually healed. Like we heal pretty well, but if it lingers for a long time, your brain actually sprouts new neurons to pay attention to it. So how do you get into that loop? and change it. And I mean, medical acupuncture, electroacupuncture is really helpful um, to layer into the NKT, anatomy and motion, soft tissue work, all of that stuff. Um, but functional movement, you know, mm -hmm. is, is also really key to that. Some of the work that we do that I do myself with as a, as a story work coach is getting right back into that trauma, getting right back into that emotional trauma, because yeah. as we explain it, um, pain can be an emotional response, right? Mm -hmm. And that's where you're talking. That's the actual science yeah. of the, the neurons. Yeah. Okay. Now we're paying more attention. And if you, if you guys are listening in the reticular activating system is paying yeah. attention, you know, when you go buy those new shoes, those new chucks that you've wanted for so long, and then everybody else you see is wearing the same damn chucks. That's not just because they went out and bought them to spite you. That's literally because you're focusing on it. So if you focus on that pain and you focus on that chronic injury, you're going to cause more pain receptor to go there because your yeah. body's going like, oh, let's focus on that. Let's let's yeah, do it. Let's give that a bigger knocker. Yeah, let's really fuck it up, right? Like, and that's <laughs> the thing um, where we have breakthroughs when we go, oh, that's ridiculous. That's absolutely mm -hmm. ridiculous. Why I've been thinking about that. I want to focus over here. So when we change that script, quite literally writing it down, that's been really, really helpful. I'm curious to see if, um, if, if the combination of those two things would just like lightning quick, cause it's pretty quick with just my side, but actually reprogramming and functionally moving sounds like, like the other half of it right there. Yeah. I mean, NKT is sort of branded as the missing link. And before I sort of fell into these courses, you know, like I said, you, you send people, you release the crap out of their hip flexor and then tell them to go and do clamshells for the rest of their life. And you don't, you don't notice immediate differences and people walk out of the room saying things like, I feel lighter and I can, and you watch them move through space with like 20% more movement. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, and they call me a witch sometimes. Oh yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> it's in, in like from a place of love. From a place of love. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
<laughs> I can't wait for you to work on some of my shit. Like, hello. oh, get out here. <laughs> yeah, geez. Hey, well, you're gonna come out. You're gonna come out west as well. We'll have yeah, to. We'll go on a see. tour. We'll do a tour. Yeah. That's what we'll do. Um, I'm curious, just out of my own practice, the most recently I've had a lot of uh, nerve flossing issues. I've had a lot of the wrist stuff, and my work with the mace and my work with drums are, yeah. are pretty. Like the mace is actually really, really helping with like reprogramming that and building wrist strength. I'm curious to see if you had experience with um, with nerve issues with with guitars. I know that there's a lot of like, oh, absolutely, yeah. stuff. Is that most common actually? Yeah, well, I mean, so two things. Like, I was going to say this earlier, but musicians, you know, like I said, sort of tend to live in one hip or one shoulder, mm -hmm. and nobody ever teaches them how to systematically unwind that to the other side, which is so important. Yeah. Um, I mean nerve stuff is interesting because in my experience yeah some people have disc bulges and things like that but oftentimes you get nerve symptoms because one of your muscles is stepping on the hose for lack of a better yeah um description so you just have to figure out which muscle that is and likely it's a facilitated muscle with an inhibited counterpart you change that motor pattern you give them some movement to help unwind where they are and that goes away. Amazing. Yeah. Rocket science, right? right? Yeah, totally. <laughs> Here, take the foot off of the gas and you'll stop driving. Take the foot off the hose, yeah. And, <laughs> you know, like... those numb fingers and neck pain goes away. Hmm. Well, and, and when we come back to like the mental, um, the mental side of it, when somebody finds that missing ingredient, to the recipe that like was going to disaster yeah. and, and they start thinking about all like, that's our tendency is we don't like, what if the awesome stuff we, what if the, Oh God, I'll never be able to play again. Yeah. When you have that light bulb moment, does that, have you had the experience of musicians like kickstarting a career and going and doing something so much more just because of that physical uh, ailment now being relieved or, or feeling that they have control over their body again? I mean, hopefully, I don't, I don't always get to keep tabs on the musicians that roll through here, right? Right. Um, but yeah, we, we have had those, like I worked really closely with a violinist for a while who liked to do yoga and she, you know, they live here always in one hip and we repatterned some stuff and her yoga practice changed and she wasn't sore playing anymore. And I mean, that's, if I can give people some quality of life so they can go rock out and give me some quality of life, I've done my job well. <laughs> Self-serving yeah. son of a bee. Like, hey. <laughs> that's what I do. That's why I get into the work I do. Yeah. I'm like, well, really, I just, I love music and I'm just going to work with this person, this person, so yeah. that I can continue yeah. to hear their music. <laughs> but that's the thing. And here's a really interesting point is that if we can get musicians healthier, happier, better quality of life in your yeah. practice and in your experience, how does that affect the ripple, the actual ecosystem? Think outside of just the music industry, because what you just said is great. Yeah. And that's a great example. We like to listen to music without musicians producing it, or if they are in their oh like- Oh God, I'm, I'm in such music and hug withdrawal right now. Like right? It's, it's killing me. <laughs> yeah, and so can you imagine the ripple effect? If we get more, more musicians on board with taking care of their bodies, their minds, getting mm -hmm. that quality of life back up, optimizing their performance, both on and off the stage. Where are yeah. we in a year, in your opinion? Where, where, maybe five years, five years down the line. I mean, you think about all the people that go into a big tour um, 
and the musicians are like a very important part of it, but there's also support staff that gets injured and they're, you know, they're not happy working injured either. Um, injury in music is expensive for everyone. Mm-hmm. Right. And like, not just from a quality of life perspective, it's expensive. Mm-hmm. And, um, I think if, if more people went into a tour with the right tools to sort of fix themselves on the road, i.e., you know, getting a biomechanical checkup before they get out there so they can sort of troubleshoot that stuff as it arises. Um, I think that would make a huge difference in everybody's quality of life. Yeah. I, th- I think the the thing that resonates so much for me and, and our audience is that your practice isn't isn't saying you need me on the road all the time. You need me here. We got to yeah. do this for a year. It's like, here are the tools. Take them, put them in your back pocket. Now you can do this. It's called self-agency. You've got control yeah. over your own body. How empowering is that? Yeah. yeah right? How much better is that song going to come off, right? right? When you're feeling like you can actually control yourself. We may see a, a different in uh, yeah. more, more Bob Marley's out there right now. Not, hoping, yeah. not, not so many Lincoln Parks. I mean, <laughs> you know, blame rock. Yeah. <laughs> ah, I can't take care of myself. So much victimhood. <laughs> but that's the thing. Is that no, it's true. And I mean, usually I throw one or two NKT patterns at people and, you know, a, a minute or two of movement stuff. It does, it's not an hour routine that they have to do every morning so that they can, you know, keep their eyes level. It's super bite-sized and really easy to take on the road because yeah. you don't need anything other than your own body. Yeah, exactly. Well, as we as we wrap things up here, I'd like to ask you a few fun, fun questions because I just, oh, and I'm, uh, I'm actually okay. really interested here. I'm ready. Okay. <laughs> Okay, I know it's so so much work talk. Now we're now we're getting into the real good. Here. This is where people skip to. Okay, guys, right. <laughs> you skip to this part, right? Oh yeah, they're talking about how I take care of myself and I'll live well. And uh, yeah. let's hear let's hear about the festival question. Okay, so I want to know. You said it already. Like you're just you're you're itching for a show. Put that bill together. Give me give me your headliner. Give me where it's at. Give me this. Oh my god, what's the fantasy um, show. That is so tough. I know. I had, I had Rage Against the Machine tickets. You had? I, well, I to them? Have one. Okay, good. Yeah, so do yeah. I. Yeah, I yeah. I'm like, what, what happened to them? <laughs> I had a refund tickets. Um, no, no, not a chance. No way. Oh, man. Okay, that that show is going to be ridiculous. Run the Jewels and Rage. I know. Oh, my well, I know. I was so sad when that didn't happen. I've never seen Neil Young. Neil Young's wow. on my bucket list. Yeah. Okay. So um, is he playing with Rage? Oh my God. Could you imagine? That would be, that's like this the original gangster. What are you that's doing? Like, <laughs> yeah, I'm, sorry. I'm interrupting here. Well, you just said rage. Okay. Okay. Pick it. We got, we got, uh, who we got? Who's, who's our headliner? Um, headliner right now in this moment at the end of my week on a Friday. Cause you know, you know, I'm all over the place, right? Like I'm listening to country one day, rap the next. Yeah. Um, rage is in there. My last live show is the Beaches, Hometown Girls. Yeah. They yeah. are awesome. Um, Against Me is one of my favorite bands. Wow. Punk go. band out of, do you know Against Me? Oh, yeah. Yeah, I saw them play yeah. on, uh, I think it was an uh, a Alexis on Fire Bill. Okay, I saw them for the first time at Oceaga a couple of years ago. Cool. Um, and then they played the Danforth two years ago. Um. 
Who else? How many bands do you want? This is your festival. I'm <laughs> staying out of this. Remember, I already got. Uh, oh, Jack White. Jack White's in there. And and any of the seventeen projects, right? Yeah. So good. So yeah. so good. In any of the seventeen projects, because everything he touches turns to gold. Um, Arcade Fire's in there. Um, yeah. I love me some Blue Rodeo. I got to, well, I get to open for them. Best, best experience of my life. Yeah. That's awesome. It was so cool. They were just such nice dudes, like just genuinely great human beings. Like I, I was, I was fascinated because, you know, some people say that, you know, you, when you, when you meet your heroes, you're kind of disappointed and. Yeah. Not, I, not I bring the tip back as well. Yeah. Oh, for sure. Yeah. I didn't mention that Talking you can have dead or alive. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, Queens in there. Yep. CCR man. Dude. Yes. Is that, uh, um, did they do fortunate son? Is that the one I'm yeah. thinking of? Yeah. yeah. I'm thinking, I'm like, yeah, that's CCR. Oh, yeah. oh man. Who else do I want to see? Um, I like local natives. Oh yeah. That's All right. One. Yeah. Yeah, how big are we talking? <laughs> this is your festival. I mean, it's it's either a festival, I mean, it could be a small I mean, show. Your that's call. A pretty, that's a pretty good lineup. I like I'd it. I like to see Beyonce in action. Mm, mm hmm. Um, I've I've treated a bunch of dancers that like touring dancers in the last couple of years. Their training schedule is ridiculous. Wow, I know. Like getting ready for a, a tour with dancers like that is look out. Yeah, they work so hard and then they jump on a tour and rinse and repeat every day for, yeah. Wow. Talk Impressive. about repetitive, eh? Yeah. 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 There's a market for uh, this, the work that you're doing <laughs> right there. <laughs> Holy guacamole. This your is show. My show? If you get an opener and a headliner, who is it? Oh, if I get an opener and a headliner? Zep, for sure. And the mm -hmm. Stones. I think the Zepp and the Stones would be so cool to see together. Yeah, Zeppelin's on my list. Co co-headline. Yeah. And and then who would open for them? I'd bring it back to like a modern version of rock and roll like that. Um, I'm a really, really big fan of oh, now I can't think of their name. It's they're new to me still. That's why they just okay. released a really great album. Um, they're a duo and they sound kind of like Death from Above, but okay. better. And they're from England and a, whoa, what is their name? Royal blood. Oh, so good. Royal blood. So Royal blood, they just released the production quality on this new latest record is, and they were really great. The first time I remember hearing them, this is why I say they're new to me is that I heard them in England mm -hmm. and they were really, really blowing up then. And then that was just before they released this thing. And then they went on tour, I believe with the Foo Fighters. And that was around the same time that Dave Grohl thing went down. Um, that was 2015, 2016, somewhere in there. And uh, I heard them in a mall in uh, like Bolton or some place with my buddy. Yeah. And I'm like, wow, these guys are really fucking rock and roll. Like these guys are heavy. And then I did a little research on it. Shazammed it, checked them out. They're a duo. What? Holy. Cool. So yeah, if I could have the Stones and Zep and then Royal Blood yeah, that. and Queens of the Stone Age or something like that, like just mm -hmm. to really mess up the rock and roll, but then you need an element of hip hop and I'm always going to bring Rage Against the Machine into that. So, oh my God. Yeah. That would be, that would be my killer lineup right there. Rage yeah. is on there for sure. Mother, mother's got to be in there as well. Those, those two are my, mm, yeah. that's it. And if we could do run DMC because I want a festival, then run DMC in there as well. <laughs> 
That yeah. sounds good. Just classic, right? <laughs> 808s. Bring me those 808s. I'm in. I'm totally in. Um, you've got to have a, a favorite music memory. Any any past work moments that uh, that have been enlightening for so, you? Without breaching any confidentiality. Um, <laughs> of course. I mean, te- technically, I could talk about bands that I worked with without, without mentioning individuals, but I'm not even going to go there. Um, no. One of I got to work with one of my favorite bands from when I was a kid, mm-hmm. and I was skiing as a kid, and my ski instructor kept singing this song, and it like up and down the chairlift, so it became one of my favorite songs by this band. Yeah. So I get to work with this band, and I'm super pumped, and it was really lovely. I had a great time. Worked with a bunch of people before, treated some people after the show, but so I beat up. A, beat up a couple of people before they went on stage. Of course. Yeah. And then the band sort of goes around the corner to warm up in one of the rooms. And I'm just kicking around in the hallway. And they they warmed up an acoustic version of this song. And I, I get chills when, I'm, when I think about it. Talk about it. Wow. Um, it, was, it was such a cool, cool moment to be there. No doubt. There you go. Yeah. That's the perks. So if anybody wants to get into your yeah. line of work, here are some of the perks, right? Like that's yeah. the thing is that music is so much a part of our, our being. Right? Yeah. I name one person that doesn't have a favorite artist or couldn't answer that favorite festival question. It's just, it's such an underappreciated piece of our, our society and uh, until yeah. it's gone, right? So. Yeah. And I'm that weirdo like mom of three that, you know, shows up at punk shows and like you know <laughs> so i i really love live music so that was such a that was such a cool moment no doubt well there you go there you go that's awesome you're gonna have to make it out west because if you're skiing and you want rock oh, and roll yeah. and you like country we got this thing called the calgary <laughs> stampede just north of me so it's like it's oh i time. i spent a summer working at desperados if you remember. oh yeah i do oh remember. yeah yeah. Oh, yeah. Desperados. I, know about, I know all about Stampede. <laughs> oh my goodness. Yeah. Especially that side of Stampede. Holy oh, moly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's, that's a different side. That's not the, that's not the Stampede we talk about around here. That's the nope. Stampede. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> hey girl. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I got you. Okay. Um, well, there we go. Where, this has been such an awesome chat. Where Thanks so much can, for having me. It's a nice way to wrap up my week. Right? Isn't it fun? Yeah. Now you got, you're going to get into the weekend. You're going to be like high-vibing it. You're going to crush yeah. some CCR, I'm sure. <laughs> and then I'm going to follow it with some against me. And yeah. Fallout boy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Fallout boy. Get into, you know, under the cork tree. Oh, man. Yeah. Where is the best place for people to find you if they are looking for uh, to, to learn a little bit more about what you're doing with any of your practices or maybe even just pick your brain on how to get into it? I mean, Instagram's pretty easy. Music biomechanic. Um, I'm sitting in my clinic right now. Shift yeah. body work and performance care. Um, our that handle is Shift Happens on Carla. That's wow. funny. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. Instagram's probably the best place. I uh, I try to fill my Instagram with a few things that are helpful for the injured people and a few things that are helpful for like the students that I take and things like that. Um, so it's sort of a mix of professional and consumer content. Mm-hmm. Of course, of course. Um, but yeah, Instagram is probably a good place. 
There you go. And if you had one piece of advice to the musicians out there listening here, coming from your world, what would that be? Hmm. Don't take no for an answer from your healthcare providers. So don't assume that you're too old <laughs> or, you know, that's just something you have to live with or, you know, we tried laser and it didn't work or, you know, don't demand more from your healthcare. Demand a more comprehensive answer. And yeah, find someone who will give it to you. All right, wise words from the music biomechanic herself, Jamie Camp. Jamie, thank you so much for your time and holding space. And wow, what a fantastic festival lineup. Forgot about CCR. How great is CCR? Let's check in. Yeah, solid. Something about that good old classic rock and roll. Just like any piece of music, that's the thing that I really hope you guys are getting over the last couple of shows here is that music is such a universal piece. And I'm not sure if you can hear, I've got the windows cranked here in the studio. And we had like a little chorus of birds before. So if you guys hear some chirping, they're just really pumped on, they're singing their song, right? Got a little orchestra of uh, wild birds. <laughs> But it's, it's true, right? We, we fail to consider how important the music industry really is to the rest of uh, the world. We, we tend to spend a lot of time thinking about how important it is for musicians to stay well, and that is 100% accurate. And we're making really, really good groundbreaking moves towards getting uh, a new sense of what musician wellness is. However, how important is music as a super spreader? That's where I'm. That's where I'm really interested. If we get well musicians making well crafted songs, positive, like I said in the show, Bob Marley. How many, how many more people can we directly impact positively with just awesome music? Things to consider, right? All right, guys. That is it. That is all. Again, huge thanks to all the support. If you guys found this show fantastic, please subscribe on uh, on Apple or Spotify or wherever you're listening. Give us a rating and review on Apple and uh, tell us what you dig. Tell us if you've got some fans, if you've got some friends, if you got people that you'd like to hear from and get their take on the shakedown in the music industry, whether they're professionals or amateurs or anything in between. I'd love to hear from them. All right? Love getting those conversations out there, especially if it has to do with something about music and festivals, right? I want to know what their walk-up jams are. So that's it for today. As you guys know, we're uh, we're about a month away, well, six weeks now, away from our first annual Music Fit Games and Artist Development Camp, the first artist retreat focused on the artist, which is shocking, but it's true. That's what we're doing. That's out here in High River, Alberta. August long. So keep your eyes peeled. Till next time, y'all stay sweet. Peace.